Happy Sunday and welcome to Brunch with Des B. I'm your host, Des, also known as Des B, here to provide you with your favorite way to start the week. Every Sunday, we explore new topics and dive into conversations that matter and some that truly do not. Tune in each week to smile, learn something new, and join your favorite brunch gang. Let's get into it. What's up, you guys? Happy Sunday. I am so excited to have you here on the podcast, and I'm so excited to have Katie on the podcast. Guys, this is kind of my first like big episode with someone that has been like on TV slash like pretty popular, especially in the Bachelor community. So this is a huge milestone for Brunch with Desby, and I just really want to first and foremost thank Katie for coming on. We had such a fun conversation, and she was so supportive of what I do and just really gave love back to me as I was able to hear her story. So you guys are going to love today's episode for real. First and foremost, though, I am just now getting back from Texas from a really fun weekend with Buff Bunny Collection. I will have a full recap on my YouTube that you guys can watch as of now. So go check out my YouTube video, my Buff Bunny Collection haul slash mini travel vlog. I think you guys will really like it. As always, I do have new YouTube videos every Wednesday, but guess what? Brunch with Desby is also now on YouTube as well. So you guys can watch today's podcast as well. This is available on Brunch with Desby YouTube. So you literally just like look up Brunch with Desby on YouTube. You can also click the link in the description box, link in bio, whatever we're calling it below. I will say right now I am unable to monetize that platform because I am a new channel. So my goal is to get to 1000 subs because that's when I can start monetizing my videos. As I'm very open and honest and transparent about, I don't yet have any like major sponsorships for this podcast other than our partners, BetterHelp, which you guys know of. So I'm really, really trying to pick that up going into almost our third year together. So if you guys could go subscribe, even if you don't plan on watching, you're more of a listener, that single little subscribe button can help me out so much. I know all of you that listen to the show if if all of you guys just hit subscribe and never watched a single show I would get to a thousand in like one minute please so go there subscribe check out today's podcast give it a thumbs up if that's what you're into or you just want to support the channel I'm so excited for today's episode though I've been I was so nervous leading up to recording it just because it was such a It was my first like high pressure interview, if you want to call it right. Like I really wanted it to be a really good experience. I wanted to be very on point, especially for Katie. She's done a ton of interviews. Like guys, she's literally, she was literally on the bachelor and won bachelor in paradise. Like she was like a big deal in bachelor nation. So she was on people magazine, good morning America, like all these things. Right. So I was like, holy shit, I got to really turn on. So we had so much fun, but I think you guys all really like the episode. As always, please leave a rating, review, subscribe to the show itself. I don't want to get into a huge chit chat before the interview. I really want to just dive into it. So make sure that you let me know how you guys like the episode. Make sure you also go wish Katie a happy birthday today. What an honor to be releasing the episode with her on her birthday. Wish her an amazing year going forward. And I wish nothing but the best for her myself. 
Let me know if you guys like this episode. Do you like the interviews? Do you like just getting to the point? Do you want to chit chat before? I am all for feedback and constructive criticism. We are going on year three of Brunch with Desby and I only want to continue to get better for you guys. So happy birthday, Katie, and I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hi. Well, I'm so excited to be talking with you. Um, thank you again for coming on the podcast. I, I mentioned this in last week's episode, but I was like, man, um, a lot of people who have been on reality TV or have had like status, you know, let's call it what it is. A lot of them like to exchange for like social currency. And I'm, I'm not like a 1 million trillion download podcast. And so I just really appreciate you putting yourself out there on my podcast and giving me the chance to chat with you. I'm very excited. Yeah, of course. I like leather stuff. So I was like, obviously I'm going to go on. I love, I love that. for. um, Did that job together in the freaking desert. Yeah. That was the last time that we saw each other. And even then, like so much has changed between both of us. Seriously. second Second baby. I'm in London. We, we kind of were, yeah, we're, we're living our single best life and we're approaching 31. That's going to be you. Yes. I'm sorry. Like you, like, okay, whoa, what a bump. My, my, my single life. No, (laughs) um, (laughs) no, you're approaching 31 and I'm, I'm excited. We're going to talk about a lot of things, especially like women's self-development. I think we're going to dive into a lot of really great topics that are just going to organically like take off. But I want to start, of course, with giving you the platform with with what you've come from. You, you know, you've been on the reality TV, you've been on The Bachelor, you've been on Bachelor in Paradise, you've danced professionally, you've made big moves. So who are you if anyone asks? What what do you say? Yeah, so that's such a good question because I'm I'm Katie and people call me Katie Mo and I moved to LA as a professional dancer and then have worked and lived so many different lives and I feel like that's what a lot of dancers would tell you but then I went on reality television and I feel like that has in a way become part of my identity if not like it, it's not my whole identity, but it is hard to break that apart from what people think of me or see of me versus how I actually feel inside. Um, so yeah, I would say I'm like, I'm a dancer. I'm an entertainer. I am a creative being in my whole soul, but um, I'm also entertaining enough, I guess, to be on TV. So I love that. Were were you entertaining before TV? Like, were you that type of girl who was like meant to be in front of people anyways? Yeah, I would say I'm the center of attention and not the center of attention way in the way it's not the pick me way. Oh, yes. And that is um, electric. Yeah, I I would say electric. I'm cracking the jokes. I'm I'm making sure the combo is flowing at all times because that's just who I am and who I always have been. Yeah. So the question is, are you also good at ending the conversation? Because I always find that to be a struggle for people to be able to get out of a, hey, it was great to see you. Like, let's go. So are you a good conversation starter and ender or are you stuck in the conversation you don't want to be in? 
I would say I'm a good ender when mm-hmm. I don't want to have a conversation, but I do oftentimes I'll ask people questions that maybe they didn't expect or are maybe a little bit deeper. And then I have follow-up questions or the conversation gets rolling. So I would say <laughs> I'm a good conversationalist. Okay. And typically I don't, unless someone's being an absolute dud and you know, those people that are just not giving you anything. You're like, listen, sister, I can't even work with you here. So I gotta go. And usually the excuse is food. Oh, I would say always like good. It's time to eat again. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> gotta did they sew hors d'oeuvres? Gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm either going to the bathroom or I'm eating. I love and I that. That's my conversation enders. That's perfect. I feel like it takes a special person to know how to also exit a conversation and not get stuck in it. So I'm glad to hear that you are both. So the next question that I would have to lead off that then is who are you when no one's looking? So if I'm like kind of, you know, you're catching my eye across the bar, I'm like, wow, there's this other gorgeous woman in here. What are you doing? Are, are you, again, you said you like what to make jokes. Oh, we could go there. Let's start with a bar and then maybe a public place. Okay. What are you doing in a bar? What are you doing at a bar? And then what are you doing while you're out and about strolling natural life? Okay. What I'm doing at a bar is most likely people watching unless, unless it's like I'm three drinks in, like once Mm. I'm three drinks in, people could be on the watching me part, you know, (laughs) I'm chatting and I'm dancing. Um, a hundred percent. But most of the time I'm like, I'm with the girls. I'm definitely Mm. girls at the bar. I'm not typically the one that's like at the bar just with a guy. Mm-hmm. I would say like the bar time is for like girls dancing time. Girls are that. like, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm also the one that gets louder as I am drinking. So I'm talking <laughs> to but yeah, that would be me at the bar. I would say I feel, I'm electric as well at the bar. Love that. But also at home, I'm such a homebody. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love Netflix. I'm so sorry. A lot of people hate on TV watching, but I'm a TV watcher. I'm not watching TV all day, but I'm definitely like nighttime comes around. I'm eating my dinner and I'm catching up on shows. And then before bed, I'm a reader and like a dog cuddler. And I'm just like, I immediately, when I'm home from something and I know I'm going to be home, I am showered and in the softest set you can imagine in my slippers, like, posing up on the couch and that's it. I'm done. So I love that. Be- well, obviously you are in London. And again, that's something if you want to hear more about it, you're going to have to wait. However, I can only imagine the cozy snuggles that you get with the weather there. And I want to talk about that because I've seen your stories lately and you're like, man, that was the biggest adjustment. And again, we got to put a like knife in that one and come back to it. However, I can only imagine the snugglies of coming home to your puppy and your nice, like big duvet, you know, you're just, oh, I can, I can feel it like literally I can feel it on my body right now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's me. It almost like it'll, it can get the best of you though. Like there's times where I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's side hustle time now. There you so go. There's times where you have to, where you flip the switch, you're mm-hmm. working later. So mm-hmm. You have those days where you're just like, oh no, this is, this is a me day. Yeah. You deserve that. So you said you're a book reader. You said you like Netflix. So that, that kind of flows into our perfect, like next thing. I want your current favorites favorite book let's just i'll go in our favorite book sound off the inheritance games i've never even heard of that so it is young adult (laughs) 
it is considered young adult, but um, it's an easy read. It's very intriguing. I got some of my guy friends to read it and they read the second book in one day. And so did I. Like, it's the type of books that if you haven't, if you're one of those people that just hasn't read books in a really long time, or you're like me and I read nonfiction books for years mm-hmm. and I didn't read for fun and you want to dive into reading for fun a little bit, The Inheritance Games is so fire. Okay, it's fun. Part trilogy and you don't need to read all the books to have a really good time in the first book. I love that. Have you listened? Have you read Colleen Hoover? Like, have you dabbled down that road? Because some people are like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. But then other people are like, oh, yeah, I've already read them all. Have you tried? I actually pawned it off on my mom because she's such a quick reader. She reads a book pretty much every other day she's done with a book. I'm like, how'd you? you?" (laughs) Uh, I'm like, are you spark noting it? I don't understand. So I gave her Verity, which Mm. was this popular book by Colleen Hoover. And I was like, as she was reading it, I was asking her questions and I know I probably wouldn't enjoy it. It's okay. a little frightening to me. But like I said, I'm reading young adult books. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I'm there in terms of, yes, I can read grammatically that book. <laughs> I'm like, I am more of like lighthearted. I want like lighthearted mystery, not like actual true murder mystery that could happen in real life. So totally um, fair. Yeah. So I haven't read Colleen Hoover now. Okay. Well, it, it's worth a few books. I'll have to send you at least my top two because Verity, uh, this is an unpopular opinion. Verity wasn't my favorite and it yeah. wasn't like crazy to me. Like it was crazy, but it wasn't like, I want to keep talking about it. There's like dedicated fan bases of that mm-hmm. book alone, like on Facebook and stuff like that. It's not that deep for me. And so maybe that's why I was turned off. I was like, okay guys, like you read the book like what are you gonna do you know like it's not like a real life they they almost played like internet sleuths of like this fake crime and it was just like um anyways my mom was saying the same thing like as she was like yeah i mean it's good and the re- i mean i'm hooked but i wouldn't read a next one if there was one yeah it's like okay thanks so much next yeah, okay. but I, but i'll send you a few that are good not that one though not that one next up favorite tv show right now Sex Life, 100%. Really? I saw you watching that last night and I was like, oh, do I need to bite on that one? Yeah, bite on it. It's, first of all, I, I don't like, someone was like, I, I just finished season two, I'm crying. I'm like, well, crying in what way? Actually, don't tell me yet, but I'm I'm really intrigued. The first season, jaw-dropping. Okay. It's, it's jaw-dropping. It is, I'm sure it's relatable to so many in little ways. I think it's a little extreme, maybe not for some. But um, it's good. Okay. Have you watched White Lotus? No. Dude, you have to get HBO Max and watch it. Like, for real. I really rolled my eyes at everyone who's like, White Lotus, White Lotus, season two. And I was like, okay, sweet. Like, go on. It was, it was good. I didn't watch season two yet, but first season, okay. very good. Highly well, recommend. Episode, the first episode of the first season. Okay. It gave me a little anxiety, but only oh. because I didn't quite. Obviously, the first episode of anything is all introductory. Mm-hmm. Nothing is happening. You're not into any plot. And um, I don't remember what happened, but we stopped watching it. Oh, I think I was just like getting ready to come back to London. So okay. Then, yeah, I need to watch it. I, I highly recommend. If you're like a, a TV show trooper, like highly recommend. Okay, last three, movie. I know. I'm like, do we even watch movies anymore? 
really, it's crazy. I feel like when I watch movies now, I watch like something I know. Right. Like your comfort movie. Yeah. Like recently I threw the Hunger Games on while I was making dinner. Fun. And, and that's new on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, but no, it's, I would say, honestly, I really like This is 40. I know it's kind of cheesy, and but I love Leslie Mann. Oh my gosh, so good. I think, I, I feel like she's probably like that in person because she's also in the movie The Other Woman, and I feel yes. like she plays a type of character. Same. So and like in, and in uh, Knocked Up. She's in Knocked Up, too. Yeah, she's the sister. So yep, very same. Of Knocked Up. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's like the spinoff other story what's going on in Knocked Up. It's so, so good. Yeah. Highly, oh, highly recommend for anyone going through a crisis right now, too. Okay, makeup <laughs> product. Current favorite makeup product. I would say Milk. The Milk Blush. Okay, fun. It's blush oh and it's like stick creamy blush Cute. and um i love it but i also love rare beauty tinted moisturizer i've been throwing that on Ooh, love that i really have been loving rare beauty in general but they're positive it's always sold out so no one get excited but they're positive under eye like brightener not concealer but like the little like brightener drops or like it's such a cool product so yeah, good like, if you I ever find get- it over there the powder. Do you have a powder that you recommend? Because I don't, I don't have one. I never use it. Like for setting? Setting. Dude, uh, Fenty Beauty, that Invisim, Invisimate or whatever that Rihanna threw on during the Super Bowl. I bit the bullet and went to buy it. And I was like, damn, this stuff's good. It's like a little, you just blot it. You open it. It's compact. It's perfect. Highly rec. Yeah. Okay. Last one before we dive into the juicy juiciness, not really, but the juiciness of the episode self-care routine or something that makes you feel good like what's your current like this is my like go-to comfort thing that i do for myself you're like i do so much i I love me i'm a self-care queen i am a self-care queen um i've been drinking tea oh i don't know if it's in england or what but i drink this manuka honey chamomile tea at night when i put on this drunk elephant water facial it's like you're supposed to leave it on for 10 minutes or you can leave it on all night i'm an all-nighter girl it's thick on my face i'll do that like i'll do shower put a hair mask in throw on the kettle mm. for a cup of tea, and <laughs> a cup of tea. put that little facial thing on right before i'm on the couch that sounds so glorious there's something i'm telling you for the girls that are missing out on a skincare routine, like, babe, you got to wake up, you know, like it's not a, like a hundred steps. Some people no. are like reach hundred steps. I'm like, I, no. I, I could be a two-step queen. Like I'll do mm-hmm. the face wash and the moisturizer. And sometimes that's it. As long as you have a quality face wash and a quality moisturizer that is meant for your skin. Absolutely. Really when you have a moisturizer and maybe you have super dry skin and you put on a thin, super water-based moisturizer and you're like, wow, my skin doesn't feel like anything because it just drank my moisturizer. Mm-hmm. So I feel like getting something, even just one very quality product that is meant for your skin is imperative. Oh, absolutely. And and that's exactly it, your skin. We talk a lot about skincare here. So the girls are like, yes, Katie, Katie, <laughs> Katie. Okay, so diving into the bulk, the meat and the potatoes of the episode, 
you moved to LA to pursue your professional dance. What was your dream with dancing? Like, like what is a professional dancer dream of doing? So professional dancers dream of doing different things. So you've got the pets in New York and Mm -hmm. they're like doing Christmas shows. Then you have like this, like Delaney, who is a girl who is Justin Bieber's background dancer. So that's a tour dancer. She's super hot too. She grinds. Yeah. He is so good. But you have people that go on tour and do tour dancing. Then you have like live shows, similar to Rockettes. And then you have movies. And I went to just, I went to do more commercial work. So literally commercials. Like Old Navy? Like, yeah. Old Navy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Commercial. Um, so just to dance in commercials. I originally started as a professional dancer. Well, I was a professional dancer young, but. I went to start my career as an adult in Atlanta. And instead I did more training in Atlanta. Atlanta dancers are like gritty. They're so, they're so good. That's why Beyonce, Missy Elliott, they all go to Atlanta to go handpick their dancers because Atlanta dancers are, they can be clean, but LA dancers are sometimes clean and a little vanilla. And Atlanta just has that like extra. I so love that. it's like so textured. So I like ended up just training in Atlanta. I did. I, I wouldn't say I'm an Atlanta dancer. I'm definitely more clean because I was brought up that way. I'm like super technical. So I bopped over to LA where I knew that I would book more jobs. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I feel like Atlanta is like more music video background tour dancer. Okay. LA commercial. So I bopped over to LA and almost immediately started booking and i didn't know that i would love to do movies so much and i love movies i did a i did one professional dance movie in college or two and then i just continued doing them in la and i was like wow this is the kind of professional dancing i really like and really enjoy what so- what what does that mean like movie dancing like i'm 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 only thinking like honey like the movie, yes. Honey, Step Up. Like Honey. That, like so honey. that's the like type. Bring It On. Um, I did Hit the Floor, which was on BET. Okay. There was, I've done Pitch Perfect, which is also like the Pitch Perfect has, but High School Musical. Yeah. That's like where you would have like a hundred dancers. Boom. Like yep. easy. Um, the Prom, which was recently on Netflix. So it's like musical style, but not live. It's in okay. movies. So like what? any movie that has dancers in the background. What kind of, I mean, is there good money in that? Like, are they paying decent or is it because you can book so many that that's where it's like, you can do so much because you're only there for say two days of filming versus like six months, right? Like, what does that look like in terms of making it, right? Yeah. So it really depends on how often and that you're booking a job, but the job can last two to three months, four months. Wow. It could be two months. Maybe the movie itself doesn't need you for two months. Usually very unlikely. But rehearsals will be two months at $250 a day. I didn't think about rehearsals. <laughs> yeah, like $250 a day rehearsal. Like, you don't forget, you have to, like, learn it. And then, I, I know. I'm kind of just thinking you show up on set and they're like, here, one, two, like, three, four. <laughs> yeah, and you, like, pop in and they're like, maybe a little jig. Yeah. <laughs> Add <laughs> <Yeah>. some leg. <laughs> right. So, like, then you have, like, rehearsals behind the scenes. You have then rehearsals on the set 
And then you have multiple days of actual filming. Usually filming is the least amount that you're doing, but when you're filming, you make good money and it's usually by the week. That's awesome. Uh, and then after that, you get what's called residuals. So as long as the movie makes money, you could be making money every week for two or three years. Wow. I didn't even know that. The movie does really well and it grosses really high. Obviously, as a dancer, I'll make less residuals than the actor themselves. Like Meryl mm -hmm. Streep, like she's getting residuals. So that you have to think about that. Actors get residuals. So yeah, they get paid this much for a movie, but they'll get paid continuously when it signs for Netflix, when it signs on like an ABC deal, mm -hmm. when like when Friends signs to be played like every single day somewhere on cable. Um, so you'll get residuals every time the movie is like either bought and continues to run. Amazing. So are you still getting residuals on work you've done? So I was getting residuals. Yeah. So I'm still getting residuals on the work I've done. And nice. then I was getting residuals for one movie in particular for like three years. That's nuts. Yeah. So it's, it is good work. Like I, I would say you can make a decent chunk of money, but then obviously the risk as dancers and why dancers work other jobs like Starbucks or work at a gym or whatever is because sometimes there is a lull period. Um, especially unfortunately, as soon as COVID happened, which was, we had wrapped filming on the last movie I did. I haven't done a movie since, but I'm, I'm lucky to like still have worked and have residuals, but yeah. I haven't done a movie since because, um, COVID, like they were, they've been super strict about allowing so many people on set at mm -hmm. one time, getting massive groups of dancers together. Obviously that's only started happening in the last like year again. So it's been a completely different environment. Auditions have never really been the same. Like there used to be a thousand people to audition for like Madonna. Mm -hmm. A thousand of us would show up in one room. Somehow a thousand wow. of us sweating no air conditioning like two fans going a literal sweatshop <laughs> yeah it's it's been a fun journey i haven't done much of it in london but yeah that's the whole dancer explanation does. that's no i needed it because now i'm like okay do i like do these tiktokers really have a chance like <laughs> understanding yeah, I mean, like they, booking stuff that's amazing yeah honestly like some of the massive tiktokers obviously like charlie and stuff when they book movies and everything they're gonna get paid out i'm sure they're gonna get paid completely different than like regular dancer would get paid but it, it has been like the coolest experience of my life i would say it's honestly a weird thing because i felt like i made it to exactly where i wanted to make it like almost like i felt like i peaked like oh my gosh i got there Mm -hmm. And then when you get there to your point, I was so happy and still I'm so happy. But then you're like, oh, no, what now? You almost don't think past the peak. So you just mm -hmm. got to drink. But for dance, it's different because and I'm sure with other like professional sports, it's like once you get to the Premier Leagues, well, there's really no league above the Premier Leagues. Right. So what do you do? Like you're you're like you're a pro. Like it's just, just OK, like, yeah, like cool. There's no okay, like pro right. pro. There's yeah, no, no pro, pro. pro. I mean, <laughs> booking jobs, like don't just don't stop booking jobs. But yeah, yeah, it was an interesting feeling. So I was like, oh, this is cool. This is so cool. what now? And how how old were you? Because this was then right before you were nominated for The Bachelor. So what, what does this timeline look like? So I started going on tour as a dancer and started getting paid to like 
my parents' bank account when I was 11. And yeah, so <laughs> I started, went on tour from 11 till 19. And then I booked my first movie when I was 20. And then just continued booking until I was 25, 26 even. Or wait, even after The Bachelor, I booked The Prom. So 26, 27. Wow. Yeah. So where were you in your career of dance when you were nominated for The Bachelor and made that decision to go on? Like, were you at that peak? And then this was kind of like, oh, like, let's switch it up. Or like, were you in a lull? And you're like, oh, like, let's switch it up. I'm ready for love. What did that decision look like? And also, were you actually nominated? Is this a real thing or do you nominate yourself? No, I think people nominate themselves. I didn't. I was reached out to on Instagram, but because the casting director was mutual friends with a friend that I was literally sitting with and they had posted me on stories. Oh, and the casting funny. director was like, who's she? Who she is that girl? Stuff. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of how that happened. But um, I was in a, I would say I was in like maybe a little bit of a lull. I was more in the, hmm, I wonder what I'm going to do next. Like I hadn't, I wasn't quite about to do a movie or anything. Mm hmm but I wasn't stressed about money. And I was also working another job just because I always wanted structure just to be in the background because I get a little anxious without it. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of chilling, to be honest, like flowing, letting it flow, not really worrying about it. And then it just, I think I was even taking comedy classes, Des. I was taking comedy classes at Grown. <laughs> like, oh, maybe you need your own damn podcast. Like you got comedy, you got, you're good at interviewing. You're good I definitely at chatting. have like an acting background. I love like, that. Um, I was taking improv classes because I was like, I had taken comedy classes at this one thing that was more structured. And I was like, I kind of hate this. Like, is comedy really like this? And then I took improv comedy and was obsessed with it. So you're I funny. Loved, well, you know what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I would say funny is really about intelligence and timing unless you're like slapstick like a Jim Carrey which well, he's very intelligent yeah I think they're all intelligent but like Will Ferrell's more like slapstick comedy mm -hmm. as opposed to like saying just a couple you know be timing right um, but yeah I was thinking you want to know something really funny and random we I'm, need I'm, it um my comedy teacher when I got chosen for the bachelor she was so cute so nice her name was Maggie and she was really good and I just felt like super she just helped me bring out the funniest parts of me and she was really creative she was talking about she's like oh guys I won't be here next week because my daughter she's going to be singing on Jimmy Kimmel I'm thinking her daughter's like nine okay I'm like oh that's so cute your daughter is going to sing on Jimmy Kimmel and I was like oh that's so sweet she always talks about her daughter singing and her son's singing too her son apparently like makes the music her daughter sings the music like this sounds like is it Billie Eilish Billie fucking Eilish I was like, literally Maggie, Phineas and Billy. What? Phineas and Billy. Well, this was the right when, right before Billy really blew up. But we still like Ocean like, Eyes era. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to New York because my daughter's like singing. I'm like, why'd you make it sound like a freaking talent show, like an elementary <laughs> talent show? Like she went viral on a on a Vine, and so Jimmy Kimmel wanted her to sing live. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> that's literally exactly what I thought. I was like, oh my god, this is the cutest thing ever. This mom's so supportive. It's Billy. Eilish. I'm like, that's okay, crazy. Wait, that is such a, a random, like, weird so, special experience. <laughs> it's just like that thing that really tells you, like, everyone in LA knows someone. It's like you're right. always 
really like five degrees of separation. You like never know who you're in the elevator with. No, like she's just like a regular, you know, she was a mom, just yep. a, com- a comedy improv teacher. And she's like, I got to go to New York to support my kid. That's <laughs> insane. Yeah, so, and you're, you're, you're definitely in the land of connection. I think there's like, there's no doubt about LA in that way. So, so now in terms of connections, you're connected. You got this person in your DMs asking you to come on TV. You obviously mm-hmm. end up saying yes. Was that like an immediate, like, hell yeah, I want to go for it for love. Like, were you in that spot or was it kind of like, Ooh, like I'm nervous to be on TV. I, I don't know. Cause I, I know for me, if I was ever in that position, I'd be like, yeah, put me on TV. Like I was, I was built for TV. Right. Did you feel that way? Like, were you kind of like carpe diem? Okay. I hundred percent feel like I was built for TV. I am so pissed because, well, she said it and I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like that sounds fun. I wasn't necessarily thinking like, I'm definitely going to fall in love. Mm -hmm. I was thinking that's going to be a freaking experience. Like if I fall in love, that's even better. Like bonus points. Right. I'm like a little bit more pragmatic in the sense that I'm like, okay, the chances are low essentially, but I'm going to be hopeful but I need to go for the experience and hope that I fall in love as well. Um, Cause if you just, it's kind of like when you go into a first date and you're like, want to be in love with that person. It's, it's weird. Go for the experience and mm-hmm. see what happens. That's totally so, fair. That's kind of like how I went into it, but I was like, yeah, I'm totally made for TV. And let me tell you this guy who used, who worked behind the scenes of the show, who was a friend of a friend freaked me out. Does he, he, kind of told me how the sausage was made and totally spooked me. And I think I like self-sabotaged on TV. Like, I think I did fine overall, but I totally think I could have shown more like shine. Like okay. I felt like I was like holding back a little glow of mine because mm-hmm. I was paranoid. Yeah. I kind of was like, Oh, this is what they do. This is how they're going to be like, watch out for this too. And I was like, Oh no, wait, what am I getting myself into? Mm-hmm. Like I just thought the worst. So instead of just having the best, I had a really great time, but instead yeah. of having the best time of my life and just like being a hundred thousand percent myself, like in terms of like letting go and mm-hmm. just letting go, because I'm obviously not a bad person. Like they couldn't have made me out to be bad. Right. I got spooked. And I, and I think there was a little self-sabotage in there. I could only imagine in, I would argue like the experience you had five years ago, social media five years ago compared to now, like, so put yourself in that same position right now, you would be even more petrified, like with just the cancel culture, with the, the TikToks that are made, the deep dives that are made, the whatever, I would almost argue even five years ago to have that like fear still 100% legitimate, but I like feel bad for like where it's just even continued to go because I think it could be even scarier. And so I'm glad like we got to see what we did get to see. Cause I feel like you would hold back even more if you were to be in that situation like now. 100%. And I think that I, I did def, I definitely showed like myself. Yes. I had a really good producer in the beginning. I loved her. Like, I think if you get along with your producer, it changes everything. And she got pregnant and left. And then I had a producer who, who was, more clearly manipulative than my other one. Mm. So then that's when you start getting spooked. Like, so oh. when you say I had a producer, are you all assigned your own producer? Yeah. So I would say more producer is assigned girls. Producer has Basically, they're not assigned. I think what happens is 
they hang out with us, some of the cast producers. I think there's probably like five to seven of them at first, maybe okay. eight. We see who's getting along. And then as the cat, like as as they get along with us, they kind of get more assigned to us. Like, oh, Got this it. person obviously brings more of Katie Katie out. You know, mm. they they get to know Katie more. The interviews are smoother with Katie with this particular producer. Got so it. Then as people get eliminated, sometimes the producers also kind of get eliminated because they have no more people. Right. People are gone. Um, and I really, really, really liked my producer. And then she got pregnant and left me. And I was like, come back. Man, pregnancy really can just ruin everything. Just <laughs> You're like, girl, I miss you. <laughs> come back on your maternity leave. Thank you so much. Come back. Thank you. Please. Okay, so so you're you're now you're shipped off. You're about to like find love. You're on TV. Obviously, during this point, you go unemployed during the actual recording, and then you have to be unemployed, obviously, after as well before you can really like drop the ball of like, hey, I was I was on this show. Were you like scared that you would like get in trouble? Like, was it hard keeping a secret? I feel like you'd have to want to tell people. Like, did you just lock yourself in your house? Well, people. No, not really. People kind of just knew, you know, like there's spoilers out there. People are like, I know. And I'm not going to be like, no, (laughs) no, you have to wait. (laughs) I was like, yeah, just, yeah, just be quiet. Like, it's not like a long period of time. So like, whatever. I just didn't tell them the details, but I was like, I mean, what is it? If I say, yes, I am on the show. What are they going to have on me at this point? Right. They got it from a spoiler. Like, either way. Fair. Uh, it wasn't really spoiling it to be like, I was there. Yeah. So you so you went from The Bachelor, and then you did The Bachelor in Paradise. You did both of them. Which one did you like more? Or were they truly just both their own experience? Both their own experience. I liked Paradise more in the sense that I was more myself in the beginning of it. Then it gets, like, really crazy. But I was way more myself in the beginning of it because – um, you're with girls and guys and it doesn't feel so weird that you're all like going for the same person. Yeah. So like the whole bachelor concept was more uncomfortable mm. because there's so many different personalities, so many different looks, so many different girls in general. It's honestly it's so weird, the dynamic of going for one person. So when you're on paradise, it's not like this like competition feel. Yeah. You're just kind of like all dating. We're here to like, Check everyone out. Yeah, just like mingle. Yeah. When you look at, this is a sidebar, just because you're talking about dating the same person. When you look at like this past season with Rachel and Gabby, do you think that that dynamic worked any better though? No. Yeah. No. That was hard to watch. I didn't even really watch it. I just thought that, so they tried to do that one time, remember with Caitlin and Britt, but then they did the worst, most, the worst thing ever and made them like vote which one they wanted to be bachelorette yeah and they've just they've really just spun a lot of plates and a lot of them just fell you know but this past season was so tough to watch because i feel like yes you go for one person that's so freaking awkward like i couldn't imagine dating and like making out with the same person that's like making out with someone else and then like they're crying and i don't i just feel like it'd be overwhelming like disassociate really okay but is that is that healthy do you do you leave that show healthy is like honestly the question you know what you leave the show and you lay on your couch for two weeks staring at the ceiling thinking what just happened 
I'm dead serious. Did you ever get scared? Like when you, when you were done with the show, either of them, obviously both having different scenarios of ending and you're just like, did I just like ruin my reputation? Mm-hmm. Did I just like, how are they going to edit this? How are they going to make me look? How are they going to, did you, cause I'm assuming you don't see the, the final production, yeah. right? Like you just film, you don't know what they're going to manipulate, cut out, change, whatever. So yeah. like, how was that like anxiety dealing with that? I would only assume it would cause anxiety. It causes anxiety, I would say, right after you get off because you're more trying to process everything that just happened. Mm -hmm. I think for people that maybe got really drunk or like had moments where like they acted out, it would definitely would have (laughs) triggered way more anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you do, you don't get to see the show, but your producer does send you like, I think sometimes they prepare you with little clips to show you like what you did. Okay. Like the day before, like two days before. So you kind of know what's going to happen. Um, So you can kind of prepare yourself. But all in all, like when the show's airing, it, it is really exciting. Like mm-hmm. it, it's a happy time. You're excited. I, I did feel like, you know, it, it gave me more grace for myself. Because when you come off the show, you start worrying about all these things you might have done or might have said. And it's kind of like that quote when they're like, if you worry about something before you have to worry about it, you suffer twice. Mm. Mm, and, that's good. And yeah. And it was like, damn, I didn't, I really didn't need to, but we all did it. Like, I think also it was a processing time, mm-hmm. but there's a time where you start worrying before you need to worry when you kind of need to let your emotions pass. Like you need to let them come up. You need to see them as they are and then let them pass as opposed to sit on them or sit with them. But yeah, you do get a little bit of what you're going to do on that show or on that episode that week from your producer. Do you feel like it leads to more harm than good being on a show of that? And specifically, I mean, Bachelor Nation, like people are rides, ride or dies for Bachelor Nation. Do you think that it did, let's just say in your case specifically, do you think it did more good things for you or or led you to a really, really dark place that maybe you would like not want to ever do it. Like you could do it over. You would. I think it leads to more short-term bad and more long-term good. Mm. Like the bad of the bad. And then, but you like get the good. Like you go through the trenches. Like they just like dig a hole and they just like toss you in. And then you have to dig yourself out and then digging yourself out gives you all the growth and all the change that you never knew you might, might've needed. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that someone threw you in a hole to begin with. Right. And you're like, um, you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll get my claws out. Um, yeah. So I think short term, it's more, there's some more bad than there is good, even for people that have great outcomes, because Mm -hmm. with the ride or die fans, like people aren't going to like certain things. People are going to have favorites. So even if you ended up with the lead or had a great outcome, people are still going to want someone else for them or Mm -hmm. like. There's always going to be someone with a more polarizing opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've learned. And I think that that's okay because that kind of makes the stakes high and makes good TV. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, at, at the end of the day, why are they keeping people watching? You know, we can't be dumb to that. Um, yeah. But did they ever like provide therapy on set or have anyone that you guys could confide in? Because obviously you have no no phones. You don't really have connection with the outside world. And I feel like that alone raises so much emotion because 
you know, whenever we see like the guys cry, we're like, oh, they're so emotional. When like in reality, outside of this mansion, they wouldn't probably be crying. But you add in all these scenarios of like what's going on and the emotions are so high. Did they ever offer you like assistance during recording or like even after? Like, did they at least comp your therapy? Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. No, they did not comp my therapy. They do owe me a lot. Of money. But, um, <laughs> so they, I would say after me, my after my season and i definitely fought for this they started offering 10 free sessions with a therapist i believe of your choice okay i'm 100 positive um but they didn't before that and um i definitely was like on the phone down their throats about that i would say because i i just thought and i i saw so many people spiraling after including myself mm -hmm. i was like this is so unfair they just like dump us out back into the real world like no do way. they literally just take your bags like when they pick you up do they literally just take you to the airport like they're like oh like you're eliminated like do you really just leave you just are you're pretty do you show up to the airport or dress <laughs> no, no 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 i slept, i slept in this hotel room that someone else had clearly been in someone that got dumped before me it's like, and I was like, oh, right. Half a bottle of wine has gone from there. <laughs> and so, and I like got to change. Well, I think some people might've gone straight to the airport, but my flight was like the next morning because I was in Vietnam and <laughs> literally I got taken to the airport, hugs, here's your boarding pass. Like here's your phone in your bag with like your wallet and your ID in your bag you turn on your phone your wi-fi bill goes through the roof because you're in freaking china by that point when i turn on my phone and i'm getting hundreds because then people know you're on the show you're getting hundreds of texts your phone like dies and then you're yeah. just there to cry the whole flight back home from viet freaking nam no i actually got court like um not quarantined um they put me in like a little box in china because I didn't have the second boarding pass because it was on my phone that was dead. And this <sighs> random guy, then all the producers, all the whole cast was on a plane to Colorado. So couldn't contact anyone, even if my phone was alive. There was only one flight left to LA. They were questioning me, asking me what's up. I didn't know any of the information because I didn't book my own flight. Right. This guy who ended up being an actual guardian angel from heaven above, swear down random guy i had spotted him in the airport at one point then he came over and i was like oh my god like what's he gonna do he like was coming into this box he starts speaking mandarin but he's not he's not asian he's ended up being from spain but he lives in thailand and was like speaking mandarin i believe then they he gave me a portable charger and I was like, is this going to track my location? Are you trafficking me? I, I mean, I have no choice but to put my phone in this charger. So thank yeah. you. Uh, whatever. Got to take it. And I just kept my eye out and was like being super aware and kind of paranoid. I was like scared. He must've said something to them because all of a sudden they rolled up my suitcases, treated me like an angel. I ended up in first class on the way back <laughs> to LA. Just me and this guy. And no. had had wine shared stories like it wasn't romantic at all he fully saved me and then in LA we were just like bye I love that no exchange no need no need to like pay him back you know just nope. a kind human thank you kind so much 
he just pretended that we were together, but not in like a kissy way. He was like, told them we were together and he was like, you're with me. And I was like, if this is some type of tra- trafficking situation, hey, I am. I'm, I'm not, proud I'm of your aware. awareness. Cause that's, you gotta, was, you gotta be aware. So anyway. He wow. Was, what a way to end your experience on the bachelor. Like thanks for the first class ticket home. At least I got to go home in style. No, they didn't. He got me it. No, that's what I'm saying. Like the, the divine intervention. You're like, at least I got to go home in style in this way. <laughs> I was so happy. I was like, wow, this is kind of, this is kind of fabulous. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I talk about BetterHelp a lot, seeing as that it's benefited me in the past two years. Some people think, you know, maybe, oh, things have to get really bad until you can go to therapy. You're like, I'm not depressed. Why do I need therapy? But really therapy is a tool to where you're using it before things were to get worse and to avoid being at your lowest low. I don't know about you, but why the fuck would you want to get to your lowest low before you climb out to the, to the top again, right? BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to see anyone on your camera. You don't have to wear pants. You don't even have to put on pajamas. You could be naked wherever you're at and do a therapy session with your therapist. So for me personally, I like to put my AirPods in. I'll walk around my desk room. I'll go for a walk outside when it's nice out, whatever it may be. And that's what works for me. It is customizable and it is more affordable than most in-person therapy. You can get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try. See why over 2 million, million, trillion people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. And girls, don't forget to get on betterhelp.com slash desby and put in that discount code. If you forget that, you do not get that 10% off your first month. And that is the deal with being a listener of Brunch with Desby. So you get back home after, I mean, you know, your heart is like kind of broken. You're, you're, you know, you're not what you thought you would get. And then they call you back up and they're like, listen, you were a star. You're destined for great things on the island. And so you go back on Bachelor in Paradise, have this experience that ends in um, an engagement. And we don't have to cover that because there's plenty of other interviews and shit that people can look up if they really want to. We're moving on from that. However... Do you feel like the experience of engagement on the show and having this idea of what that future is going to look like and this, this ring on your finger and all this, do you think that tainted what you hope that next experience would look like for you whenever that happens? No, I actually think it's going to make it better. Mm. And why, why do you think that? I think because I think for me and for him, the show, it is so high pressure. It is the, the pressure cooker is so real. Like you could have plans to maybe not get engaged. And I think a lot of people actually have had this happen. And some of them have ended up still engaged and ended up married. Mm -hmm. But most of us don't really go down there being like hundred percent. We're getting engaged. Most of us. Mm -hmm. And so, or I would say most of us that were on my season weren't thinking it was exactly going to happen like that. But I think the pressure of the situation, the producers in your ear, 
you're exhausted, you haven't gotten any sleep, you're hot as hell because you haven't been in air conditioning for 30 days. So like the, I think the whole mix of it all, all of a sudden you're like, it's survival mode. Like, I feel like engagement becomes this, like, how can I get out? <laughs> can I get out of here? You love each other for getting each other through something so crazy. Would you almost say it's like an odd way of not normalizing this word, but like almost like trauma bonding, like you've gone through this yeah. experience and you both almost feel like you're grasping for what you wanted out of that experience. Yeah, I think I think in my case it was more like that. Um I, I can't say it for everyone else, but I'm sure other people have that as an element that went mm -hmm. through the show. So they have whether it's whether it's big or small, I think a lot of the people that have gone through the show have an element of that little trauma bond. Yeah. Do you talk with a lot of people on the show still? Like do do you keep up with some of them or is it kind of like a high school reunion? Like when you see them out, it's like, hey, let's talk about the old days, but you don't really catch up it's much closer than a high school reunion because i would say we're all somehow trauma bonded mm. <laughs> i would say it's a little web of trauma yeah bond. absolutely where it's one of those things like misery loves company we like all know what it's like no one else can understand mm -hmm. and it's not even like we talk about it but there's this there's this undertone of like we are all on the same page mm -hmm. do you think that's why like bachelor nation people tend to just always cling with bachelor nation people like they just tend to always continue to be friends and fellows and maybe even business partners or whatever it may be with that like specific specific experience that they went through yeah i think i think not only that but um to take away the trauma parts and the bad parts of it when you're on the show and you have no phone you end up knowing some of these people more than you know like someone you've known for five years being out of college. Like sure. I think college is one of the last times you get to truly be with people like every single day to where you know them so well. And then after that adult friendships, which are quite difficult, especially when you have, you have kids, you have your husband or like, or you're in a relationship or you, and you have your nine to five, like you're not spending every waking moment with these people. It takes you much longer to know someone when you have like an hour every week with them, as opposed to 24 hours a day for 30 days straight. Like mm -hmm. the amount of time that we had with each other is more time than some people spend in five years. Yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me of like, even like love is blind. Like the experiment itself is weird. Right. But the fact that they're sitting in this wall and they're sitting in rooms for hours talking and getting into these like deepest depths of conversation, it can really like expedite this experience of like getting to know someone where which is why I always kind of argue, like I can see why the bachelor slash bachelorette works so well. It's because you really do kind of like in how, how long do you film eight weeks, like six to eight weeks or something like that. Right. It, it is really like six to eight. I would, I would argue like not years, but like six to eight weeks in that, that specific experience could almost mm -hmm. equate to like a couple of years in the outside Absolutely. world, besides like living with each other and really like going out in public. Um, but I do think sometimes the bubble, in isolation can also cloud a lot of like what you will then experience out in the real world with your companion. And so I feel like that's where it can get a little bit fuzzy. And do you feel like once you brought that engagement out of Bachelor in Paradise, that's where it became even more clouded? Or would you say that production kind of made it a little bit clouded at the end? I would say it got clouded and I would say maybe like even 
to take my own responsibility. Like I feel like I was, I was shutting down. I felt like at the time, like, I think we were both individually shutting down, just like trying to process and couldn't quite process together. Like what had happened. Yeah. It was really tough. And I think it put a lot of stress on things. And like, I'm the type of person that when when I know someone's going through something, I try, I try and really be there for them. And not everyone likes that. Like some people like their space and I try and give space and I will give space, but that space sometimes makes me feel like a little disconnected. And I mm-hmm. start like to a little bit. So yeah. I think that sometimes you just realize like, Oh, like maybe we just don't work. Cause this is one of those things that's like, you know, when you're supposed to be with someone, when the hard stuff comes up. Mm-hmm. And like, it's how you argue. It's really not how often you argue. It's how you argue. Mm-hmm. Like you could argue every single day, but if there's no contempt, if there's no resentment, like you're pretty good. Like as long as there's like mutual respect, you could bicker and whatever every single day and like, know you're going to be with that person for the rest of your life. You could have one to two arguments a month. And if there's this underlying resentment or like contempt with someone that that speaks volumes. Yeah. It's not how much you argue. It's how you argue. Um, and, and, you know, some people just have more bickering personalities. I don't, I don't think that eliminates like love in a relationship, but depending on how you do it, um, and how it ends up coming out, you know, that can be super stressful. So moving from bachelor and thank you again for sharing that with me. Cause I'm sure it sometimes is hard, like bringing up that version of yourself, because like, like I want to get to in this next question, people think of you as that version of you forever. So like, I kind of even think of Cole Sprouse was on call her daddy last week and I watched it and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, no, he's still 14. He still has a bowl cut. He still is sweet life of Zach and Cody. Like there's no way. And that's how I always see him. Right. And so I'm sure it's almost like you get stuck in this time capsule of like, Mm -hmm. oh, she, she is, oh yeah, that's Katie Moe. Yeah. She was on Colton season. Yeah. And then she went into bachelor in paradise and they still see you as this like 25, 26 year old person. And now here you are going on to, you know, in your thirties and now you're someone else. So do you think that like some people will continue to only see you for that and never for you now? Or do you think that it's, it fades with time? I think some people are always only going to see me as that. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. For me, considering I didn't get like a super crazy, terrible edit, I feel worse for people that had a bad edit and they're, they were already a better person than their edit. And then people still don't allow them to be something different than that. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's much room for like forgiveness, but I have to give people credit. Like Bachelor Nation has forgiven a lot of things in the past couple of years that I wouldn't have thought that they would have. So, um, I do think there's going to be some people that always think of me as that. I think sometimes when you change and same with in friendships, when you change, even if it is for the better, people don't like it because it changes because they were attached to the old version of you. Mm -hmm. So I will get the unfollows or they're like, ah, she's like, she's boring because what they have in their head is maybe like the drama that they started following me for, like Mm -hmm. maybe they liked the drama that was like my season finale. Right. And they're like, she's so boring. Or like, maybe they liked I, I, whatever they liked and they were attached to it. And now they're like, I don't like that anymore. Right. So it's almost like you go through like this parasocial friendship breakup. 
where people aren't, people are going to, you'll get different followers and people will love you. And then some people will be like, mm. right. Do you feel like your following now continues? Like if it, if it grows and I don't, I don't say that in a bad way, just Instagram is weird now. Right. So like, if you grow, are you seeing it coming more organically from like people finding you as like blogger-esque and like, you know, your, your fun, like Q and A's that you do and stuff like that. Or do you find them still maybe like potentially referencing the idea that you were on the bachelor at one point? Like, do you feel like you're gaining that name for yourself? Not just Katie from the bachelor. I don't know if I am, but I don't feel like I am like gaining a name for myself. And it is like, as that's just completely honest. Like it's, mm -hmm. it totally gets discouraging. Cause I'm like, man, like there's parts of me that is so I'm so the biggest part of me is so thankful for the platform I have and had and like all the story I got to tell. Mm -hmm. But then another part of me is like, damn, I feel like I would have been a star if I would have started from scratch, you know, like TikTok would have allowed me to be an absolute star if I started from scratch. Mm -hmm. But then there's not only part of everyone else, but there's this part of me that feels like I can't break out of certain mm -hmm. things. And, and that I would say has been tough. Like I wouldn't say I'm like Instagram. I wouldn't say I'm gaining followers for the most part. The people that started following me, followed me for me on TV, but they follow me because they love love. Mm. Like I got followers on Colton season, but not as many as I did when I got engaged. Mm -hmm. And when I announced my breakup, 80,000 followers gone that day. 80,000 gone that day. They were like, no. What? Yeah. Oh my and gosh. That's nuts. 80,000 gone that day. They were like, oh yeah. So I'm out. <laughs> I was like, okay. Like that's one of those times where you're like, you definitely cannot hang on to your worth mm. or what the numbers look like. Absolutely. Are just there for different reasons and it doesn't make you good or bad. Mm -hmm. It's to find your people. Absolutely. But, um, I realized that my people, they wanted love. And as soon as they didn't get it, they were, they were out. They're so, like, yeah, no, I'm not for the single girl season. Well, also they don't just want love. They want hope. Mm -hmm. They want inspiration. Yeah. They're like, how is this going to work? Or, and they want the, the juicy deets. Like yeah. bachelor nation couples will always be followed until the end. Yeah, absolutely. So now that like, you're kind of back in this period of just kind of being an, like an influencer. You do modeling. Obviously, that's where we met. You were We were doing a shoot for Alani New in Palm Springs. You've done stuff for Story. Um, yeah. So you're, you know, you're very much like intertwined in modeling and influencing and stuff. Are, have you ever thought about like creating a business? Like are, are you, do you have like that going on in the background even? Like do you have a business that maybe is just like you're running under underground hustle but what like where are you now placing your time because I wouldn't necessarily call you an influencer like I just I love your blogger style you know but you're never really like super pushing products or anything so what yeah. are you kind of doing now like what are, what are you exploring I would say I was more reactive for the last two years in terms of I was doing a lot of ads after the show and probably for two years into it mm -hmm. and then in the last year to be completely honest like I 
I would not say I've been like coasting because I've been doing ads, but I've been, James and I were trying to figure out this whole like international visa situation for a very long time. And it took up honestly so much of my time. I was doing consulting and I've done investing as well. So like, I'm really thankful that I have those things because they have been like holding me down, like work smarter, not harder. But perfect. Yeah. I do feel that I, I have been having the itch to have something else because even if you are working smarter, not harder, and like you are still making money to live and they say, make your money work for you, which has always been my goal. Like I always want to have my money working for me so that I can be stable if I choose not to do anything today. Yeah. That's been my goal since I like got diagnosed with like a sleeping disorder, like in my teenage years. I was like, I'm going to have to be the person that definitely doesn't go into the nine to five because I, there's days where I'm just so, so tired mm-hmm. and like I need to have my money working for me. But that is so well managed now that I have like this itch and I'm like, I want to do something else. Yeah. Um, and I've thought about a podcast, which, um, <laughs> because I, I've just thought I've, I've worked on creative outlets. Like I literally have done photography. I've looked into podcasting. I've been playing honestly for the past couple of months, I would call it play and not in the way where I'm advocating all responsibility, but where I'm kind of in that, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with some of my hours, especially now that I'm here and I've done the work to be here and I want to do something and a, a passion project of sorts that I'm working on every single day. I love that. I I feel like we go through these points too. And like, it doesn't matter how old you are, whenever, like it never stops is where you kind of just shift focus and identity. And you, you wonder where your like energy needs to flow. So like, I'm huge into this thing right now. It's called human design and it's an app that you can take like your human design chart or whatever. And so I found about myself that like, I'm a generator and then I find that I'm good at like trusting my gut instinct. And so the best way I operate in my craft is doing whatever in my gut I immediately get excited about. That's what I need to be doing. Like that's what I need to chase. And so that's how I've kind of approached my current thoughts of like, what do I want to do is it's like, when I think immediately in my gut, what's that first thing that like sparks a response of me, maybe like smiling or being like, Oh, like I want to go record that right now or whatever. That's where my energy needs to flow right now. And it's not always going to be parallel to like maybe even what my community is like used to. But if you bring that energy, your community is going to love it because they see the energy coming from you that you love it. And that's when it's like, Oh, I love what she's doing because like she loves it. So it did, you know what I mean? And then at that point, if you can show up and do whatever it is, whether it's making a vlog or making a podcast or whatever, but show up with like so much excitement and like love for what you do, that's when it translates deeper, even if it's not wider. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally get that, which is why I've been doing, I guess, the whole idea of play. Yeah. Because trying to figure out, you know, I've been a dancer. I know I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I can continue to do that when it comes right now in London, it's kind of like starting all over again. So like I'm meeting with new agencies, meeting with new management. It's kind of one of those like start your whole life over. But um, I know through all of this, like I've changed so much as a person 
am I going to go to thousand person auditions? It's not going to be me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, I just, that doesn't spark. That used to light me on fire. I'm like, I'm going to these auditions. It's crazy. Yeah. And like, now I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do that. Not mm-hmm. because I'm lazy, but because I feel like I'm not better than, but just at a different point in my life, I've had interests. Like I do invest in some businesses and I really loved that. And I work with a mentor on that. And um, like, if you've ever heard of Eat Dough, I'm like an investor in that business. I love Eat Dough. That's awesome. Okay. Well, shout them out. I'm about, I'm about to go eat some dough, period. <laughs> like, I want to buy it. Oh, you would be a really great partnership with Eat Dough. Honestly. Hit me up, dude. Girl, I'm trying to grow this podcast. I make $0 and I'm sick of it. It's been almost three years. What? I'm trying. I know I'm trying to monetize. I do have one, I do have one partnership, better help as always. Um, just cause I've, I've used them, but I've, I'm trying to like get, you know, more like ad space and stuff. So we'll definitely yeah. have to connect. That would be, that'd be fun. Yeah. Let's connect. Um, yeah. So anyway, I am, I am just trying to figure out what I like and I really admire you cause I feel like you do so many different things and you do them well. Like, thank you. I I know people that do so many different things and they're like, but you do different things and you do them well. And like you just said, like you can tell you really love the things, um, which is refreshing. And that's what makes it good. Like I'm constantly watching your social channels as per usual. And I'm constantly hyping you up on them as you see. Um, You know, I I honestly have really loved TikTok and I'm kind of just sticking to that platform. That's how I feel right now. I'm like, I've thought about deleting Instagram for like 30 days, even like, I'm like, let me just fully immerse myself on a different platform, AKA specifically TikTok. keep my YouTube, keep my podcast. You know, you know where to find me. If you want to come see what I'm doing, like come through, see ya, you know, um, I, I haven't taken that plunge yet, but the point is, is like, I think TikTok is, is so great and it's such a good bridge between short form and long form. So if you don't want to like commit to YouTube yet, don't do it. You know, I think you would do great on YouTube, like especially like London and like, I, th- I just think there's a lot of like cool things that people would want to see and, and understand even just using your story to continue to write your current story. You know, like sometimes you might get imposter syndrome, like talking about what you've been through. So like, oh, everyone already knows. They're like, oh, like, yeah, everyone already knows that about me. But I found that like a lot of times I'm eliminating this, my superpower of like what I've gone through by being worried about talking about it too much. It's like, no, like that made you who you are. You know, you don't have to rehash all the nitty gritty, but to own like that experience, I think is you just have so much opportunity to like play with that. Like, I think if you even did a TikTok series of like my experience on The Bachelor to like how I'm in London now, three parts. And again, you don't have to use it as like all the drama. It's just, you you know, you went through that. Holy shit, that made you who you are. You know, there's no reason why you can't talk about that. Or like feel confident talking about it. I literally just did a part one today and posted it today, reintroducing myself and mentioning the fact that I was on The Bachelor and got engaged. And then I was like, I'm going to have to do a part two. It's crazy. Yeah. I just did that, Des. That's why. I'm I'm so serious. I swear I didn't see it. I swear. (laughs) On on God. I I love Instagram is my bread and butter in terms of like, it was making me the most money, but to be completely honest, like when, and I feel like a lot of people are gonna feel this way. 
whenever I leave Instagram, I don't think I've ever left Instagram happier. I don't leave sad all the time. I'm not leaving like depressed. I'm not leaving like paranoid or whatever. I just don't leave happier. I'm usually neutral or kind of on the down end. Mm -hmm. If I leave TikTok, I'm laughing my ass off. I'm making myself get off because I'm like, oh, I gotta go do stuff. Like, yes, hey, yes. Like you're having too much fun. But like, I've never left Instagram being like, I'm just having too much fun. Like I'm just having so much fun on here. It's crazy <laughs> how much fun I'm having. Like, <laughs> Hell never no. Once, never once on Instagram and like, oh, I just gotta cut all this fun off. Like, no. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just having boatloads of fun on my on my page that's filled with 90% of ads and then random reels from people I don't even follow. Gosh, this is such a golly time. <laughs> Literally. And like, I'm like, mm. somehow still like scrolling, like searching for like some, some ounce of dopamine or something. Yeah. I'm like, dopamine, 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 dope, hit, 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 hit. <laughs> yes. Dope. No, literally. <laughs> I, f I feel the same way. And so let, let's hold each other accountable to really just going all out on TikTok. I'm down with that. Yeah. I'm here. Okay. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Follow us on TikTok. We, we did do one TikTok video together ever. I'm going to have to research that, we that did. dance. It actually did so well. It like low key performed. So that is going to go, that is for sure going to be on the Instagram today, the brunch with Desby Insta. I'm going to have to post that for the clout because that was a good dance. And we were both looking cute. We're in Palm Springs. It's California. It was, it was like picture perfect. It's also the best energy. And that's the moment I realized like, oh, this girl's good energy because you have good followers. Like your followers are, are, are for you. You know, that's my, so true. Followers, I love my followers, I love my followers. They came from a show and like, sometimes they're not, they're not as much of like, you know, a cult, like mm. in the terms of like, they're not my right. They, I would love for them to be my ride or dies. The ones that are there that are my ride or dies. I love them so much, but I would say like, you had some ride or die people showing up on that TikTok. Like, it's <laughs> ah. like I, I, lo I love this for you. Like, I love this for you. Des oh my gosh. It's like that little like car thing that's going around on TikTok. <laughs> Lightning McQueen. <laughs> 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 and, that, and that's when I was like, oh damn, I gotta follow this girl. Like these people are lit. That's so funny. Hey, shout out to y'all. Shout out to y'all. You got me here. Um, for real. I love that. Well, okay, so last like little bit here, because I do want to touch on the fact you're in London. I feel like we've like said London nine hundred times and people are like, Wait, she's in London? I thought she was from LA. So now that you're like in London, we're figuring out like a new routine. Do you are you in a relationship right now? Okay. I, I kind of thought I was like, I don't know, you know, if they've like worked it out, like, you never know, you know, whatever. So a series of, uh, an American girl living in London with her recent ex-boyfriend. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So James, <laughs> that's my series. We actually get along so well. Like it's going fine. Like I love him and he loves me. <laughs> he loves me so much, but, um, I was like, we, we need to break up. So, no, can you like really make that a series though, like with his consent? It, like, it is. wait, it already is. It is a series, and it is with his consent. Like, he was okay, like, perfect. Oh. The only reason I he he was like, you can post it. I just hate it because like I want to be together. But I was like, sorry, gotta go. But um, I like, but I do love him. Honestly, like in a year or two years, we could possibly get back together. But just not right now. It's just me out. So hey, that's fair. 
yeah, I'm like, there's some growth that needs to happen here. And I, maybe the timing's not going to line up ever, or maybe it'll line up later, but it's not lining up right now. But yeah, so we're currently living together. We're figuring out what's next for the living situation, but the we're like doing well. That's all. Awesome. I mean, honestly, that's pretty amazing. And thank you for sharing yeah. that. Because again, you could have you could have lied and been like, yeah, I'm staying at a hotel. Um, but I love that you're you're doing that. I feel like that alone, that situation alone, living with your ex, creates a growth that I don't think anyone will really comprehend unless they're in the same situation. No, and it's like there's there's people that are like you know people can be quick to judge on that situation but it's so complicated like you move to a new country well, like it's like apartment like it's you're it's probably weird. on his visa like he probably signed yes. your visa and shit yeah like, like you watch 90 day fiance come on no like we're connected <laughs> in ways which which like it doesn't quite allow us to be disconnected so quickly mm-hmm. and so i know i need the space to just like give our romantic relationship space but I feel like he's been super respectful about it. Like we're keeping each other's boundaries, but we're also completely able to stay in the same room and like have a laugh and not bring it back to romance. There are times where I'm like, mm. but um, then, but then you have, but then it's like, then it passes. And yeah. I mean, there's like, go outside for a walk and yeah. bring my dog. And I think what's, amazing is my dog's here and he loves him and my dog's a good mediator it's kind of a little mediator situation just us i can't say that the energy would be the same yeah that would be like an elephant in a room yeah there might be like there's always my dog to like show unconditional love to both of us Mm -hmm. and it's like brings the energy level up tenfold good so what what is like in different self-improvement developments like what's changed for you since you like moved there or like what have you put in place now as a single girly thriving to make yourself better like are you doing something different You're like hey this is time for me i'm doing this i'm, I'm going to yoga at five i'm walking the dog at six what's your like new routine that you've kind of established being this woman in her 30s now mm-hmm. who's single and maybe just you know, not where you thought life would be. And that's completely okay. How do you feel comfortable in that? Well, as you know, Des, <laughs> I, um, I'm still struggling. I actually, so I was like super athletic my whole life. And I know that our bodies at 30 are completely changed. Like I know we go through some stuff. I've um, like coming out of college, I didn't realize I, had some disordered eating habits Mm -hmm. totally didn't realize but anyway I think like my metabolism got a little wonky and um I just yeah so I've actually made it a goal of mine to like I, I log my food and my macros not to necessarily restrict myself but to make sure I'm eating enough I just accidentally wasn't eating enough like often Mm-hmm. I like I did not realize it and I'd be like I eat healthy like why don't I this or why don't I that and of course like stress and different other outside factors can totally change a woman's body absolutely uh, and I've loved my body through it but I really want to like get fucking shredded this year do I, it that sounds gnarly I like I don't need to be like 
fully like 1% body fat or anything, but like shredded for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to like see some striations here. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? Like one of my passion projects, I guess you could say, is like I'm working on not my body necessarily, but like I want to eat enough and work out harder than I've worked out before in terms of like, I want to challenge myself. Like, I think I got a little complacent over the years and I was just like working out to check it off the list Yep. as opposed to being like, okay, like what can I do today in the gym? That's like going to make me a game, you know, like what can I challenge myself to do with that? I'm leaving this gym super proud. Mm. Like, did I run my mile faster? Did I lift something a little heavier than I did last time? Did I do a whole heavy lift? Like I, I don't think I was like, I don't know, not working out, but I was just, you know, going to the gym to just go yeah. and this like going. So I feel good. So my mental health is much better. I also used to go to the gym to look good. And now I'm going to the gym to feel good in hopes that I also get ripped. So I know that that looks like it's contradictory, but like I used to go to the gym just to try and look good. Right. And now I go to the gym primarily to feel good. And then by doing that, it yields different. And I, I do believe, and I'm sure you've maybe had clients that have felt this way, but like since the body positive movement that I am a huge fan of, I also felt like I started almost shaming myself for wanting more for myself mm. Mm. in a way that I was like, I do love my body mm-hmm. because my because I love my body. I don't need to change my body as opposed mm. to. I kind of want, I kind of want some biceps. Like, yeah, it's okay to want that while you also still love this. Yeah. I've, I've had a lot of conversations about this on things like even my podcast have talked about it, but it's, it gets very frustrating, especially when people talk about like, for me, like postpartum bounce back, right? Like so many women are like, and I'll even tell people, we don't need to focus on it. We don't need to focus on it. doesn't matter where your body's at, right? Just say the bounce back from anything. Let's even talk about COVID. A lot of people's body changed during COVID, the COVID bounce back, whatever. It's like, you are still allowed to want to change. And I feel like we got into this idea of like, like, uh, I think it was, who was it? Was it Ashley Graham or no, um, Adele even she lost all this weight, felt amazing about herself, whatever. And then people were shaming her for losing weight. Like, and it was just a really weird thing because yes, we get into this like weird gray area where it's like. I can, she can still be positive and have goals. And I think that's what it comes down to is like, if you feel confident with where you're at, wherever you're at, please, please post a picture, please wear the bikini. I don't care what your size is, but also if you appreciate where you're at, but you also know where you want to go. I think that you're 100% still allowed to want to be in a weight loss phase or you're allowed to like want to bulk or you're allowed to whatever it may be. So I definitely feel what you're saying because it did for some people maybe create this arc of like just being like kind of mediocre where they're at. Like, Hey, like I'm good. I, I, I don't want to punish wherever myself. Their body was when they heard about this movement or like really embodied the movement mm-hmm. wherever their body was, they were like, I must stay here. I got to stay here then. Cause I'm, I'm really happy. I need to love myself here mm-hmm. and I don't make any changes. And it took me like, I, I mean, it took me till months ago when I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I think I'm allowed to want more. Even mm-hmm. if I love my body now, I need to learn to love my body at this point. Yeah. Right. Constantly learning to love different parts of ourselves 
you know, not everyone's perfect or some people are fully, fully, fully confident, but there are times where I like maybe nitpick and then I'm like, hold on sister. But then I also am allowed to want some more Mm -hmm. like, or just, you know, can I do this? Can I achieve this? Like Mm -hmm. not for my confidence, not for like confidence in terms of the way I look and present myself to the world, but can I achieve this to see if I can achieve something? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's almost a different feeling than can I achieve it so I can look good for others externally, external validation. Can I achieve it so that, you know, I've gotten from point A to point B on my own? Yeah, no, absolutely. There's a a different confidence in that. There's a confidence in the discipline that comes with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that like, yeah, so that's kind of something I'm doing. Just like I've been going for it. Like, um, I've done some of your program, but I did bridal boot camp. <laughs> um, my brother's been training me a little bit when I was at home. He was like, "Let me train you because you're here." So then I stopped doing bridal boot camp, and then I just like go back and forth between a few things and try and lift super heavy. I love that. Um, and then I try and like kind of figure out my food because, yeah, as I said, I needed to like I needed to just put it out there to see what I was eating to see like oh, yo, you're not eating that as much as you could. Like, I'm not doing more harm than good. So yeah, so um, yeah, that's something that is like, just like I've changed my mindset completely on it. I love that. It's it's that revenge body, you know, it's that post breakup vibe, where you just are ready to elevate. Um, And it doesn't always have to go after post breakup. But for lack of right now, let's just say we're on a route to a better us. Um, and I think that too, like with your birthday coming up and, um, actually, well, this, I think this will air on your birthday, the 26th. Yes. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Um, so, you know, we have another year coming, another trip around this time as we all love to say it. So where, where do you see yourself like going next? If you, if you had to really like think right now, where are you going to be like this summer? What are you going to be doing? What are you going to be doing in your new year of life? What do you kind of see? I see myself consistently on a platform or two loving it Mm. because I was reactive to Instagram for the past couple of years. I would say it was more reactive than like being able to fall in love with a platform like some people have differently because of obviously the way I've gotten my followers and stuff. I'd like to find my creative self, um, like essentially find myself, but on socials. Mm-hmm. Right? And then I also want to explore parts of Europe because I'm already over here and it's way cheaper to go to Europe. And I've just never really, I've been to France and Italy now and Sweden, but these flights are so cheap in comparison to like coming from the States. So I'm like, if I'm going to be here, that was another reason why I decided to stay. Because I was like, I've already done all this work. Mm-hmm. I've done all this work to be here. I deserve to be here. If I go back now, I know I'm going to be like, damn. Like, I could have just, I could have yep. just sucked it up, like, in terms of, like, living with James, which, honestly, it's been fine. So, I'm like, okay, now I know I'm going to be fine. Yeah. And I get to experience being able to go to Europe, like, somewhere in Germany for $70 round trip. That- and Dude, like, I'm I'm on my way. You know what I mean? Like I'm coming because that sounds glorious. 
California to Florida for less than $500 at this point. There's nothing $500 around here. Like I can go to Ibiza for a hundred dollars. Wow. And I'm like round trip. I'm like, well, see you there suckers. So that, um, I'm going to allot some of my time to exploring the world this summer. Oh my God. Um, please, please eat, pray, love. I'm literally eat, pray, loving my way around. I'm eat, pray, loving. Dude, you're, I can see it like Katie's live, eat, pray, love, live life, slay, live life, slay. That is your era of eat, pray, love, live life, slay. Live life, slay, more life. I always say more life. More life. Cool. Yeah. Put it, put it on a shirt. I'll buy it. Yeah. More life. So, I will be more <laughs> life my ass in Europe. I love it. Summer. More lifing with the E. You know what I mean? Like lifing. Don't like yep. leave that E in there. That's for sure. So last thing before we kind of make sure we know where to find you, which everything will be in the show notes regardless and on the Instagram, but any words of wisdom for women approaching their thirties, maybe just not where they thought they would be while also simultaneously discovering exactly where they're supposed to be. What would you say to them? Or maybe even someone like me, you know, I'm going to be 28 in April and I'm kind of like almost just like, You've done so much. Thanks. I don't give myself credit. So yes, I have. Uh, pat on the back. Like I get kind of nervous, you know, thinking about 30. I don't know why, right? It's like this weird like arc for just zero reason. But what would you say to people specifically who like aren't like me though? They're not married. They don't have children. They don't have a home yet. You come from a place where you're kind of just, you're just living as Paris Hilton would say. What would you say to those girls who are like listening right now and just feeling like, I don't know where I'm going to go? I would say um, you have time. You have time. Like life is good and you have time. There's, it's crazy because like you have time, but like I would say you have time is my thing I would say to people because it covers a lot of things. It covers like your dreams. If mm -hmm. you want to switch what you're doing in life, you have time to, if you want if you're like really wishing you had love right now, you have time. It will come. Like it will come when you least expect it for girls that are maybe younger or not younger. Like I honestly do want to say this to a lot of women and these are women more not in relationships. This is a small story. I'll keep it short, but there was a girl recently who I was around and she's a friend of a friend. She was really bringing the energy down and because she was worried so much about a guy who didn't text her from the night before, but she was hanging out with people she hadn't seen in a really long time. Mm -hmm. And there were plenty of hot guys around us. She plenty of bombshells. Of the, yeah, plenty of options. There was, she was tunnel vision to like the, the no that she received, essentially the silent no, but she wasn't seeing like, how many yeses, how many possibilities were around. So to like get stuck on this no, I was like, I turned to her and I said, one, he doesn't owe you anything because he just met you, nor would you have owed him anything had you made a promise to message him or whatever. And also you're killing your own vibe. You're blocking your own blessings by worrying about someone you don't even know. Mm. Like, don't block your own blessings. Pastor Katie, baby. Pastor Katie, baby. Don't block your own blessings by worrying about people that you don't actually know. Like, I think people, 
people will like go on two or three dates and worry so much. Do you actually know him? Mm-hmm. Like, do you actually know that person? Don't, don't doubt yourself, block anything for yourself, like question yourself for people you don't even know. Happens a lot. That happened a lot to me, like in my early twenties. And I saw it happening to someone who had just turned 31 at the time. It was like her birthday. And I thought to myself, like, no, like I, I also realized my growth, right? I was like, damn, I'm kind of happy. <laughs> like, like I'm not there. But I also was like, I want her to, I know that if I tell her right now, she's not going to get it. Right. But I want so badly for her to know, like, she is blocking what could come to her because she's closing herself down over someone she literally doesn't know. Mm. Sad because you know what? Our time is so valuable. Like we're literally never going to get it back. If she looks back on all the allotted time or any of us look back on all of the allotted time we spent worrying or questioning ourselves over people we don't know, I think we'd be sad. Mm. Like I think, I think some of us would be like a little sad and like, I think it's okay to be like, oh, fuck, you didn't message me. Like, I was kind of excited. But after that, after that one moment, like, pity party is over. Like, it's time to keep going. It's time to push forward. It's time to take, like, your next step and not be like, fuck him. But, like, just be like, no, me. Right. It's me. Yeah. It's all about me because this is my time and I value my own time. And I'm not going to keep them. I'm not going to give them more time in my head than they deserve, really living rent free bitch no i'm charging rent yeah i'm like i just feel like and even in relationships like whether it's whether like you're staying with someone and you don't really like them whatever i just feel like we need to value our own time and other people's time Mm. i love that where i said this last week where awareness goes energy flows and if you're gonna you're gonna be aware and focus in on that one negative thing which for this like short story was that girl just drowning about this text, that energy is going to continue to go there. And guess what? The rest of the energy is going to be spiraling downward. It's going to be full of like negativity. And it's so hard to, you know, oh, it's like, well, toxic positivity, you know, whatever. It's like, I totally get it. Feel what you need to feel. Um, But I do think that that's a, a good reminder of like what you said, blocking your blessings by like being too caught up in like the no. Maybe it was like a job rejection. Maybe it was like you didn't get the promotion. Maybe you know, you, whatever you missed the flight, I, you know, whatever it may be. Why is it happening? Why is it happening for you? Not to you? Yeah. Like I, I totally get the toxic positivity. I'm actually like, bleh, like, I hate toxic positivity. I think it's so harmful, but I think in those situations, like to be like, damn is fine. And then to try, like, just try mm-hmm. to like, because this could actually end up being a really good memory. But if you like just sulk in it and sit in it and like, you're literally throwing a pity party for yourself. Like, I don't want to come. Like, mm. I'm, like, I'm not come coming to that party. party. I personally am no, like, I'm RCP, no. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so I would like you to like also just shut down the party and like join our party that we could be having right now in real life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, totally. That That is, that's a good like mini story that you could have like totally made that up too. And that would have still been like a really good story to like make a point. <laughs> we love that. Yeah, we love storytelling, Katie. You have time. And there you go. You have time. I should just tell these stories on TikTok, honestly. Yeah, you should. But that's the type of stuff we forget to make content though, right? It's like, oh, 
and then you're like, oh, yeah, people could totally listen to that. So there's yeah. your there's your sign. Go make a go make a TikTok right now. Um, all right. Well, obviously, you have your birthday coming up. You're vibing. You're you're eat pray loving coming up. So everyone, make sure you go follow Katie and her adventures. I feel like you need to like rebrand Katie's Adventures at Katie's Adventures, Katie Adventure Co. <laughs> my itinerary, buy my itineraries. Um, shit, you never know. People would probably do that. Um, so thank you so much for coming on again. I'm going to put everything in the description box so that they know where to find you, but where do they find you right now? Where, where do you want to point the listeners? Okay. I'm going to first point to TikTok. So it's at hello, Katie, K-A-T-I-E. Mo, M-O. So easy. Yeah, hello, Katie Mo. And then on Instagram, it's Katie Mo, but it's called Katie Emo. <laughs> I was going to say two E's. Two E's, K-A-T-I-E-E Mo, just like we used to do in our AM screen names, you know, the extra E for cute. No. Um, some brands think my last name is Emo, but you know, I am <laughs> Emo sometimes, so I'll take it. And yeah, that's where you can find me. That's awesome. Well, hopefully a podcast to come in the future. Um, hopefully something that excites you though. I don't want to pressure you to do anything that isn't fun, but I hope that you find what excites you. Um, and honestly, I hope you have so much fun too this coming summer. I feel like you're going to tap into like a new elevated self and it's going to be really cool. And you've put yourself in a position of being able to do so and taking that like break, you know, from, from the ads or the Instagram or the whatever, and just really find what like sets your soul on fire again. I think you're going to have a really, really amazing summer and I'm manifesting it for you. I'm excited. Thank you so much. Of Thank course. It's like honestly so fun. And that is a wrap for today's episode. Thank you again so much, Katie, for being a part of Brunch with Desby this Sunday. On your birthday, happy birthday. We are so grateful to have had you on. And if you guys want to watch the podcast, because I know I'm a watcher, please make sure you go watch and subscribe to Brunch with Desby on YouTube. All of the links will be below to support Brunch with Desby as well as support Katie and her future endeavors and especially in this coming year. And who knows, maybe we will see Katie come out with that podcast that we chatted about. Let me know if you guys would ever go on The Bachelor. Would you ever go on The Bachelorette? Even if you're married, would that be something you would have done when you were single? I'm curious. We will see you next Sunday for yet another episode. And thank you again for hanging out with me. That's all for this episode of Brunch with Des B. I hope you enjoyed hanging out, laughing, or maybe even crying with me today because let's be honest, you never know what you'll get here. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast, share with your family and friends, or even just to social media and tag me in it so I can share. Love you guys.